Welcome to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan, and I've been a Lost fanatic from the beginning. And I'm Anton, experiencing the mysteries for the first time. Join us as we start from the very beginning and make our way to the very end. This is episode 92, where we're discussing Whatever Happened, Happened, from season 5 of Lost. What the hell are you doing, Tubby? Checking to see if I'm disappearing. What? Back to the future, man. We came back in time to the island and changed stuff. So if little Ben dies, he'll never grow up to be Big Ben, who's the one who made us come back here in the first place. Which means we can't be here, and therefore, dude, we don't exist. You're an idiot. Am I? Yeah. It doesn't work like that. You can't change anything. Your maniac Iraqi buddy shot Linus. That is what always happened. It's just... We never experienced how it all turns out. It was really confusing. Yeah, well, get used to it. But the good news is that Linus didn't die. So that means the kid can't either. He'll be fine. Didn't look like he was going to be fine. What if you're wrong? Well, if I'm wrong, then I guess we all stop existing and none of it matters anyway, then, does it? Let me get this straight. All this already happened? Yes. So this conversation we're having right now, we already had it? Yes. Then what am I going to say next? I don't know. Ha! Then your theory is wrong. For the thousandth time, you dingbat. The conversation already happened, but not for you and me. For you and me, it's happening right now. Okay, answer me this. If all of this already happened to me, then why don't I remember any of it? Because once Ben turned that wheel, time isn't a straight line for us anymore. Our experiences in the past and the future occurred before these experiences right now. Say that again? Shoot me. Please. Please. Aha! I can't shoot you, because if you die in 1977, then you'll never come back to the island on the freighter 30 years from now. I can die, because I've already come to the island on the freighter. Any of us can die, because this is our present. But you said Ben couldn't die because he still has to grow up and become the leader of the others. Because this is his past. But when we first captured Ben and Saeed, like, tortured him, then why wouldn't he remember getting shot by that same guy when he was a kid? Huh. Hadn't thought of that. Huh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. I'm Evan. And I'm Anton. And today we're discussing Whatever Happened, Happened from Season 5 of Lost and an episode that will hopefully <laughs> bring to close <laughs> the long-standing right. debate we've had about uh, the time travel uh, as it is on Lost and uh, kind of help us make some sense out of everything that's happened. Will that be the case? Um, I want to say yes to uh, <laughs> a lot of it, but yet there's definitely still some some questions and mystery I have with it, but... For the most part, I think that in my mind, 
I had it the way I seen it in this show. So, right. but there's that, but like I said, there's still question with that. Right. And we've got some feedback in the, from the forums we'll get to later on, which will hopefully even clear it up a little bit more. But okay. I, my goal is by the end of this episode uh, for us to have most of the time travel stuff completely cleared up and understood and uh, in the past. You think that's possible? <laughs> I hope so. I really do. Me too. Well, first off, what did you think about the episode overall? Um, I liked the episode overall. Actually, I um, it had um, a lot of um, a lot of information, I guess, and it it, um, it, it brought in uh, new things and new elements, like like we said, a little bit of the explanations for um, the uh, time travel, which helped bring in some clarity to those those issues. But um, yeah. also, it just kind of um, was was cool to see the characters you know react to certain circumstances um mm-hmm. you know obviously we're gonna get into that but uh, just knowing what they know already it's kind of like a thing you know I, i've said it and i'm sure everybody said it you know like if i could go back to high school man and know what i know now i'd change <laughs> you know change so much but they these people had an opportunity to go and to change some stuff and yeah. um and it was really cool to see someone react the way they did right right yeah i'm definitely looking forward to talking about you know, what possible, not necessarily effect, but how they were actually involved in the past right. and the actual maybe even creation of some of these characters that we've kind right. of come to hate over time. Right. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into that more. Uh, the first section I have is back in 1977. Uh, we pick up with Jen just after he was knocked out by Sawyer. Um, he wakes up and talks to someone on the walkie talkie and he tells them that he's headed north and uh, he rolls Ben over, who is, of course, still alive. And mm-hmm. uh, Ben asks him to please help him. And Jen loads him up and takes him for help. Back at the barracks, um, Horace tries to get everyone to believe that Saeed started the fire in order to hide his escape. Uh, but Jack steps in and says if he was locked up, you know, how obviously how could he start the fire? And uh, Ben's dad shows up and asks Kate to help him out, you know, to help him pull the charred bus out of the building and um, he seems really nice I'm not sure if it's just because he had some interest or what but but uh yeah exactly but uh just then you know Jen shows up with with Ben and Roger seems very concerned about Ben for once and mm-hmm. I started I started to allude to this in the last episode I forgot it was this episode um how they're trying to give us some sympathy for Ben's dad and I'm not sure yep. exactly why well, I, I mean, he's he's kind of been a pretty much uh, one-sided, hated character at this mm-hmm. up until this point. You know, I mean, honestly, like even when you know in the uh, uh, episode where we see Ben and the others have the purge, you obviously don't like to see anybody to get killed at all. Mm-hmm. But right. it's like you kind of like uh, didn't like that guy anyway. You know, whenever that happened. But seeing this side and this reaction actually gave me like some compassion for him. Yeah. Exactly. You know. And that's, that's what was confusing to me is even this season up until the last episode, they've given us no reason to like him whatsoever as a character. But now it's like all of a sudden they decide to show a little bit of compassion, um, you know, from him towards Ben when we've had no hint of that whatsoever in the past. See, I'm, I'm, I'm my, uh, my thoughts on this is that obviously this didn't happen in 1977 
Well, really? I, I beg to differ, but we can we can talk about that more later. Okay. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I was just thinking maybe not the exact events is what I'm getting at, but it, I guess yeah. what it happens happened. But but I'm saying like you, he reacted to his son being shot. Right. I you know I've seen a lot of piece of giant dads out there. You know, mm-hmm. but and. I've seen some go through some pretty tragic things with their kids and they do yeah. act completely different during those times. It's almost right. like you have these, it seem like pride issues build up inside, you know, these men that are insecure and, and they, it comes across as just basically controlling and arrogant, but right. yet all it really is, is that they're afraid. I mean, I'm, now we're going Dr. Phil, but uh-huh. um, <laughs> all it really is, it seems that they're just afraid to show their true emotions. I mean, obviously we know why Ben's dad is really upset because, you know, his Ben's mother died and he has all right. that build up anger and stuff like that. He can't really express to his son how much he really does care for him because of all that pain. Well, when he has somebody else getting ready to be lost here, it's like that drops, that that wall drops for the moment. And you get to see, you know, the real father, you know. Yeah, right. So right. it wasn't a huge stretch for me. It was kind of actually re- a relief that this dude just was a sociopath and, yeah. and had complete issues. Right. I agree. I mean, and of course, we can kind of start to get into this discussion about about the past and how they can actually interact without changing anything. And um, if I'm understanding correctly, it's um, this whole whatever happened happened notion um, means that Ben was always shot, um, that it's actually, it's happening now, which meant it always happened before and nothing is changing. So Ben had always been shot. Ben's father always reacted this way. Um, and nothing is different this time around or not. I shouldn't even say this time around. Nothing is different from what we're seeing now. He was always my shot. Only, he was always. I get, con- yeah. Yeah. I get that. Uh, my only argument with that is Miles's conversation with Hurley, which mm-hmm. we'll get to, I'm sure. But right. he says something to the effect of we just haven't experienced the outcome right. of this change of this whatever ha- happens, happened. We experience, basically, and what that led me to believe is that they experience the Benjamin Linus of of whatever happened before. Mm-hmm. You know, because he says we haven't experienced, you know, that, this made me think that there's going to be a change to a certain degree. Well, I don't, I think um, one thing that did stick out to me in that discussion, which we're coming up to here next, okay. is that um, he said that this is their pa- this is uh, Ben's past. They're actually living their present in Ben's past. Right. So it's like um they're there and they're interacting, but it's still Ben's past so they can't change it and that's why they can't change it. What was the comment about though as far as we haven't experienced Right. He the the before he says all. Actually, let's just go into that conversation now. Okay. Let's um, go ahead. You know, we get the conversation that I've referred to in the past, um, and he says, or Hurley says, they came back in time to the island, so now they can change stuff. So if little Ben dies, he'll never grow to be Big Ben, who's the one who made us all come back here in the first place. Which means we can't be here, and therefore we don't exist. So that was Hurley's understanding before the conversation. Exact, obviously. And Miles says, it doesn't work like that. Uh, you can't change anything. Saeed shot Ben. That's what always happened. We just never experienced how it all turned out. 
The good news is that Ben didn't die, so the kid can't either. He'll be fine. And uh, Miles says all of it, all of this already happened. So this conversation that they're having, they already had that as well. He says the conversation already happened, but not for you and me. For us, it's happening right now. So that's the the bit about they're there. It's their present, but it's they're in everybody else's past. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, and I think maybe what maybe Miles was meaning by that is that we didn't experience the outcome. Like what, you know, during, we know that he was shot, but we don't know what happened directly after he was shot. You right. know, we don't know. Yeah. The way I led it, it made me believe right at first was that we didn't experience Ben, a 50-year-old Ben, the way he is after the shot, after he was shot. Right. You know, like that, that was a change in his course in life. Right. You and know, that's actually, kind of the way it, and I think it right. makes a lot of sense, too, if we look at it like we're actually watching what happened to Ben in the past, even though our characters are all there with him in their present. We're sure. still watching what happened in Ben's past. Yep. Okay. Yeah, now that now all that to me actually is the way I had it in my mind, was that these people are living their past and these people are living their present. That's kind of how i mm-hmm. seen the two groups. The only part that still confuses me is what... Miles talk, or kind of Hurley stumps Miles with, yeah. and that's kind of my question was then why, or probably not why, but it was probably a great explanation. He probably did remember them. Yeah, and that's uh, the next note was that Hurley says, if all this already happened, then why don't I remember any of it? And Miles says, once Ben turned the wheel, time isn't a straight line for us anymore. Our experiences in the past and the future occurred before these experiences right now. So he gives Hurley a gun and he asks him to shoot him all this stuff. And he says he can die because he's already come to the Island on the freighter. Any of them can die because they're present. This is their present, but as everyone else has passed. And then the note you just mentioned, um, Hurley says, then why would Ben who, uh, when he was tortured by Saeed way back in season two, season two or three, I forget. Um, in the Swan Station, why would he not recognize Saeed as the same guy that shot him when he was a kid? And of course, that's the one that stumps stumps Miles. Yeah, and that's the that's the way. And I look at it. I I think because Ben had a very even back in season two when or even well season one evidently actually whenever he saw the plane crash and all that stuff. It was an intuition that he already knew, like we have talked about so many times. It's like Ben already had an understanding of who he wanted on that island, or, you know, on that island, Mm -hmm. why they were there. And it was like he already had some experience with these people. And we talked about that way back when, you know, it was like, you know, to me, so it's starting to point that Ben always knew these people. Right. You know, and like even could have been watching them as they grew up, you know, the same way they watched Locke grow up. You know, it mm-hmm. very well could have been that he knew Jack Shepard and Kate and all those people, not just because he had a file on them. They had a right. file on them because they've been watching them forever. Exactly. You know? And that's how they knew so much you know, right. about each one of them. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about this way back, I think in the first season of the show, about how the original title for the show was The Circle, um, which yeah. obviously now makes a lot more sense than it did back then. Yep. So that's, that's very interesting. I like the idea of, you know, because otherwise there's no file that would give them all of the information they appeared to have oh, no. about all these people. 
Right, exactly. It's not like it's not like you can get a you know like a CIA file on each person and it has this detailed information. I mean, it was like it wasn't just like oh okay he worked here he did this. Uh-huh. I mean, they had like personal information like you know Locke's right. father's type stuff. You know, and right. so that that what's crazy about that is. Locke has had someone, and Jack, and all these people had someone monitoring them the whole lives. And this, there's a perfect example. Sawyer shooting the guy that he thought was the real Sawyer Mm -hmm. in Australia. They knew about that, you know, made reference to it. And there was no way they would have known unless they already encountered Sawyer and found out the truth and all that in the past. Yep. And it's kind of one of those things where I look at it now, and I know we made reference of it and mentioned and talked about it a little bit, but, like, it's kind of one of those things where you're going, duh. You know, like, mm-hmm. why didn't we spend more time in season two going, well, there must be somebody watching these people, you know, yeah. and <laughs> if they're watching them, then they've been watching their whole life, and if they've been watching their whole life, you know, I mean, kind of like that whole thing. Right. But right. it's not until now until you kind of, the whole thing starts to, un- you know, unravel right. before your eyes. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, Juliet works on saving Ben, but says she can't fix him because he needs a real surgeon. So Sawyer goes to get Jack, but of course Jack decides to test Miles' theory and refuses to help. Uh, Jack says when when they were there before, he spent all this time trying to fix things, but you know, did you ever think that maybe the island wants to fix things on its own and maybe he was just getting in the way? And uh, Kate says she doesn't like the new Jack. And Jack, of course, says, you know, she didn't like the old Jack either. And uh, Kate decides to go and help Juliet with Ben and donates some blood. And uh, Roger shows up and says that Ben stole his keys and let Saeed out because of him. And says he thought that he was going to be the best father ever, but it didn't turn out that way. Yeah, that was a. That's one of the scenes. Uh, not with Rod. Well, I like the scene with Roger, but as far as with Jack, um, mm-hmm. that scene kind of I did not care much for. It, like, no, I understand now, like especially in light of the whole episode, that it is actually the what was supposed to happen. Right. But at the same time, as it's just like Jack is became like the most annoying person in the world. Yeah, you know, him and Saeed are almost in the same exact position. You know, uh-huh. like refusing to do anything, refusing to, you know, help or anything like that. And that's aggravating, although both of those characters are now provided very much so, you know, what Ben needed. Or exactly. not needed, but was going to happen. Yeah. It's kind of like they were um, either knowingly or unknowingly. I'm not real sure yet. But it's like they were both doing what they needed to do in order for Ben to become who he was supposed exactly. to become. Yep. And uh and in other words, I mean, what's weird is all of them did that, you know? Yep. Kate and Juliet did that by de- or Kate and Sawyer did that by delivering him to the others. Jack did it by refusing to help. Saeed did it by shooting him. And they all yeah. just kind of played right into the, exactly. the plan, you know, so to speak. Yep. So Juliet tells Kate that Ben will die if they don't do something about the problem and Juliet says maybe there's something the others can do. And Kate takes Ben loads him up and takes him to see the others and Sawyer shows up at the fence and helps her and says he's doing it for Juliet. And uh, Juliet confronts Jack about being unwilling to help save Ben and asks Jack why he came back to the island. He says he came back because he was supposed to, but he's not sure exactly why he was supposed to just yet. And Jack has come full circle. Um, He's like pretty much Locke 2.0 now, I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and what's what you said a bit uh, just a bit ago, like I think maybe Jack didn't didn't know, but mm-hmm. I think like 
definitely Juliet and Kate and Sawyer and uh, knew what the chain of events that they were doing was going to cause them in the future. Right. Saeed, I think, was trying to eliminate that future, but co- obviously couldn't. I don't think he was trying to, like, make it happen. And neither I, n- nor do I think, like, Jack was trying to make it happen. I think both of them were hoping that they could change the future. Yeah. Right. So, uh, Sawyer and Kate are carrying Ben and Kate tells Sawyer that she delivered the money to Clementine and Sawyer actually shows some interest in the baby for the first time. And uh, he tells her that they never would have worked out. You know, their relationship never would have worked out and that he's not any more fit to be her boyfriend than he is to be that girl's father. Uh, but he's been doing a lot of growing up over the last three years. And, um, just then the other show up and, uh, Sawyer asked them to take them to Richard and, uh, they get to Richard and Ben asks if, you know, Oh, let's see here. I've lost my place. Yeah. Okay. They get to Richard and Ben or Richard asks if it's Ben. That's, I had the wrong name written down there. Right. Right. And, uh, Kate says they need him to save Ben's life. And Richard says, if they take him, he's never going to be the same again He'll forget this ever happened and his innocence will be gone and he will always be one of us. And um, if you still want me to take him, you know, they kind of have to make the decision right then and there whether or not Ben is going to turn out to be Ben or not. (laughs) Yep. And um, so, of course, they're responsible for Ben becoming another. Right. And uh, Richard takes him. He carries him off into the jungle to this ancient building we've seen a couple times before. And um, the one where Montan lost his freaking arm. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, Richard then opens a door and goes inside the building, taking Ben with him. Yeah, that was, a that was definitely an interesting thing because I mean, the mystery of that building, uh-huh. you know, and the powers it has, obviously that's where the smoke monster is. That's where all this, you know, stuff is. Yeah. Um, but you, you definitely see the link between the others in that, in that place now, you know, yeah. like that's. Uh, almost like where they originated from or, you know. Um, yeah, and it's and like the, it, it becomes clear that that building is an important part of who they are. I mean, yeah. when they needed to heal Ben, they took him in there, you know. Right, exactly. And that seems, that seems big. I mean, that doesn't, I mean, it's like it's not like the others have these, um, well, unless he was just needed, had a table in there, he needed to lay Ben down on or something. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, it's like their their powers are pretty much coming from that building, right? Whatever it is. Yep, yep. That's the way I see it. Um, it was a. Uh, it was also inter- interesting to hear Richard say that he will lose his innocence. Yeah, no that doubt. that phrase itself to me, I, I I'm not exactly sure how to take that. You yeah. know, it, it has like a negative connotation, obviously, to me. But like. Right. I'm trying to. I liken it to almost like the Adam and Eve story. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the, they lose their innocence and their eyes will be open to stuff that they didn't see before. Is kind of right. the way I took that. You know, right? Yeah, me too. Uh, so, and it's kind of like um, it definitely. I think it's supposed to have a negative connotation. It's kind of like um, he's going to be exactly what we are, and that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is like Richard is almost either self-admitting that they are bad people or mm-hmm. or different and and in at least you know right yeah and it's there's that definitely all this mystery surrounding you know the events and how, what exactly 
what change occurred when with Ben when he actually you know came into their custody yep. and became one of them? What change actually right. made him into the person he is now? So just then in 2007, Ben wakes up and uh, John Locke is sitting right at his bedside and Locke says, welcome back to the land of the living. Now, I haven't heard a lot of talk about this, but in my mind, the moment Ben woke up, he woke up because that issue in his past had been resolved. He went from almost dead right. to being saved by Richard. So he was able to actually wake up in the present because at that exact moment, well, I guess I would be assuming that these two timelines were being carried out concurrently, well, and I don't think they were. It, it really so maybe can't. I'm, maybe I'm reading too Ben's, much that. As far as we know, Ben's timeline is linear, you know, so that wouldn't be able to happen, right. I don't think. Yeah. It was just, it just a coincidence that he happened to wake up yeah. In the hospital or whatever you want to call it at the same time right. he was being carried into that temple. Right. Okay. Okay. So in 2004, not long after getting off the island, uh, Kate shows up at Cassidy's house with Aaron. Uh, Kate says she's, she's there because Sawyer sent her there and she gives Cassidy a bunch of money from Sawyer who wanted it to be used to take care of Clementine. And uh, Cassidy seems a little miffed about the whole situation and, Ask Kate why she told her the truth about what happened to them. And she tells Cassidy that Sawyer jumped from the helicopter so they could, you know, could all make it to the boat. And Cassidy says, you know, what a coward, basically. And Kate sticks up for Sawyer, but Cassidy says he was trying to get away from Kate. Uh, she says Kate has the same look on her face as she did when Sawyer ditched her. So she knows that Kate is lying about Aaron being hers as well. So uh, what did you, th did this come out yeah. of left field to you? Like it felt like they were being a little heavy handed with the, you know, oh, what a coward. And I don't think there would have been any hint that Sawyer jumped out of the helicopter. Yeah, actually that whole, the whole thing. And even whenever Kate confronts him with it in the jungle, you know, it to me is just kind of like a stretch. It's yeah. kind of like, okay, let the dude do something correct, you know, right. You know, it's like, so, and even uh -huh. and even with the whole interaction uh, with Kate and I can't remember her name, but Cassidy, um, yeah, Cassidy, um, you know, it was kind of like, I don't know, it just seemed like they 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 became really close through tra tragic events and was sharing, like Kate shared more with her than she did anyone, right? You know, and it's yep. I know she was probably looking for a friend, but it was just kind of like. I'm not sure that I trust a con woman, even yeah. you know, if we became friends, and and then and then to turn around and and uh, basically take her word on this whole Sawyer thing, and, and and then she also the fact that she knew that Aaron wasn't her child that to me was a stretch. I'm like, right, come on, like you're gonna sit there and say that, you know, think that even yeah. if you thought it, like you're gonna <laughs> say it. The chance yeah. of being wrong, you know. I, I think the information that Cassidy supposedly had, like, knew intuitively about Kate and Sawyer and all this stuff was just a little far-fetched for for the the previous information they gave us about her character. It's like right. they never really set her up to be this person that was really awesome at reading people and could, you know, actually sit there and listen to her for a half hour and from that pretty much extrapolate all of her motivations for doing every little thing she's ever done. And for right. them to, to say that, that she could figure out that Aaron wasn't Kate's and why Sawyer had jumped off this helicopter and all this stuff. It was just like, right. you know, give me a break. 
Yeah, it was, it was a little much. I mean, yeah, she read that Sawyer was trying to con her back yeah. in the day, but I don't think that that's, you know, an ultimate, like, superhero uh. power that you can just see into people's, <laughs> you know, minds. And, right. So. Yeah. So I just, I definitely wasn't buying that. Right. So after leaving the scene, you know, where she confronts Ben about trying to take Aaron, she leaves and goes to the grocery store where she almost loses Aaron. And uh, she then goes to see Cassidy again and tells her that, you know, they're going back to the island. She asks uh, why why she should, or wait, why she would expect him to be taken, uh, why she would expect Aaron to be taken from her. And Cassidy says, because you took him. And she says, you know, she had to take him because Claire vanished, and Cassidy says, you needed him, and Sawyer broke your heart, and how else were you supposed to fix it? Again, something that... See, I didn't like that either. It just seemed way too convenient after the fact. And... Uh, yeah it's kind of like the writers took advantage of information they hadn't really planted in the past in any way. Yeah, I definitely, I didn't care much for that. And the scene, the whole thing with um, Aaron being taken in the supermarket, I mean, it was probably just me, but the woman seemed very sketchy, like uh-huh. almost like she was going to walk out the front door. And I, I thought, well, you know what? That woman could just as easily have been working for Ben, right? you know, to take, take Aaron and then put Kate in a position where she had to be on that flight had she not chose, you know, so. Yeah, I totally got that feeling. I don't think it's any secret. I mean, otherwise that scene was perfectly useless other than to make Kate think or think that, or how to give her the opportunity to tell Cassidy that she always expects him to to vanish, you know. Right, right. And that was just, I thought that was pretty poor, really. Just Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. So realizing that Cassidy was right, Kate then goes to see Claire's mother, uh, who for whatever reason doesn't seem too happy to see Kate. Uh, she was kind of rude. No, from the moment she opens a door, it was a weird look. I was like, this yeah, chick's ticked and has out. no reason to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Kate tells her that Aaron is her grandson and that your, her daughter Claire is alive and tells her about the other survivors on the island. She shows her a picture of Aaron and says, when you're ready, he's waiting for you. Um, I told him that you're his grandmother and you'll take care of him while I'm gone and I'll be back soon. She says she's going back to find Claire. Any thoughts okay, on once that? Again, once again, the scene I did not care for. Yeah. To be honest with you, all the scenes and off the island with Kate, I did not care for in this yeah. in this episode. This yeah. one, the actors that, that, that plays Claire's mother, mm-hmm. I mean, not to get down on her abilities as an <laughs> actress, I'm mean, sure she's great, but like in this one, it's like she was almost like overacting <laughs> to a point like with ang- with anger that I I had no idea where it came from. Right. You yeah, know, why I mean, was like she, why she was really she... had no reason to be angry. Yeah. None. With, especially just with Kate. I mean, right. she, she did say that, you know, Jack had showed up the previous day, I guess it was, she said. Yeah, she said previous day, but all she said that she mentioned this Aaron person I, and you and I had that I had no idea about. Like, okay, so this girl gets ticked off about that? Yeah. <laughs> It's the last person I'd want to be leaving Aaron with. I mean, the yeah. kid spills like Kool-Aid and she's going to like break his <laughs> hand or something. Yeah, to be like flowers in the attic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, the plus it was just here's my big thing with it. Kate's breaking down, laying in Jack's bedroom, you know, saying, "Don't ever ask me about him again," you know, that kind of thing. And right. then here's this like anticlimactic scene where she was crying less when she left him there in the bed than she was later at Jack's house. 
Like, yeah. she was barely even crying when she left in the first place, but later on at Jack's, she's just letting the waterworks go. Yeah. Evidently, it was just, uh, it was to get Jack's, like, so, you know, get get his heart soft or something. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> or something or another. It's like, hug me, love me, yeah. you know. Type, she need, she but, needed attention in a bad way at that minute. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, anything else yeah. about the episode before we get into our feedback here? I, I mean, I liked it, uh, except for the off-the-island scenes. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, uh, Debbie writes, you know, here is a cautionary tale about consequences. Is it not true that the man behind the curtain is often ourselves? It is our 815 survivors who actually create the bend that will give them so much trouble in the future. Saeed shoots him. Jack refuses to operate on him leading Kate and Sawyer to literally place him in the hands of the others where he will become the future Ben who is so diabolical. To steal a line from the late great Battlestar Galactica, this has all happened before, it will all happen again. Weird thought. How many times has this time loop happened? What if Ben is so insistent that Jack especially returns in this in the hopes that Jack will operate this time and change Ben's course so that he can have a different kind of life? What do you think of that idea? That's a, I mean, it's definitely a, a good idea. I mean, I, I've actually, th- we talked about, you know, how how this whole thing could have, I mean, he, Ben seems to know the future as well. So right. to me, it almost seems like he's relived, you know, he's lived this before. So I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely be the case now. Rather, he would want to change his past or not, which I don't think is a possibility. Um, right. I don't know, you know. Um, I don't understand why it would be on repeat if it were, because if you can't change anything, then what's the point of living it over again? Yeah, right. Um, you know, and, it'd be like Groundhog Day. and Yeah, unless Ben is um, intently trying to change it and refuses to believe that he can't. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, could, I mean, I could definitely get that, and, and um, but I think I'd, unless he's not able to give hints, you know, like, hey, by the way, when you see me as a kid and I get yeah. shot, go ahead and operate on me, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he's just totally depending on Jack to become a better person and decide to, to operate on him. Right. Um, yeah. I, I have a hard time buying that just because it, it seems so impossible to explain mm-hmm. on a television show. Yeah. And she says, uh, also, remember from season one, and it was a big deal that Claire's baby only be raised by her. Now poor Aaron is being raised by everybody but Claire. Kate, Jack, and Kate. Wait a minute. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be Jack and Kate, and now Miss Littleton. Um, That's an interesting, I like to revisit that. Um, There was so much talk in season one about, you know, from the psychic, about how Claire had to be the one to raise the baby, and nobody else but her could raise him. And now we're kind of seeing the, the results in some way of that, like, everybody but Claire is raising the baby. Yeah. Yeah, I I see that. Um, I, I mean, that one one look is like, okay, yeah, now everybody's doing it and you kind of see what's going on and why it's such a huge issue. But the other side of it almost makes me think that the whole don't let anybody else raise your baby and the setup for the people in L.A. was all to get Claire to the island to begin with. Yeah, right. Yeah, I you can, know, def- I can like, definitely buy that too, that it was just, it wasn't really supposed to mean anything in the future of the show. It was just at that point in the show to show us a while, how she'd been brought there and like add some mystery to the overall show. 
Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, you got to think about it. If they really did orchestrate this flight for all those people to be on there that they wanted on there, then they at this point they had to make sure, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that Clara was going to be in a fight, that Jack was going to be in a fight. So there had to be certain events that had to happen you know, for that, and for that to take place. Right. But once again, almost like, okay, for, for the fact that Christian had died okay mm-hmm. now how do you how do you know that someone's dead that dies you know or whatever i i don't i don't get that or, or i don't really know how to explain that but for whatever reason the island or or ben or somebody orchestrated that flight right in my opinion yeah well in response, well actually if oh, you look at it i'm sorry if you look at it reverse i guess it's not orchestrated it was already the people that were on that flight to begin with right you know what i'm saying like it, since it happened, since some of those people were already in Ben's past, it didn't matter. They were already going to be on that flight. Right, because they had to be the people that went back in the past and interacted right. with him and caused all these sure. events to happen. Yeah, that makes more sense to me than them planning yeah. each person to be on there. Yeah, and actually for the first time, it isn't really making my brain melt too much. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we must be making progress as human beings. <laughs> Yes. So uh, Brandon and Bama, as a, in a response to Debbie's comments, says, I agree with everything you're saying, but you could actually go deeper than that. You could say that by turning the wheel, Ben created himself. By causing time to be nonlinear, Ben caused all of these events in his own life to happen. I think that this proves what the future as well as the past is fixed and they can, cannot change it. When Ben was younger, he didn't know he would eventually turn the wheel, causing a chain reaction through time. But years later, he does it. Whatever happened, happened. Great comments there, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the the idea of Ben actually inadvertently creating himself. And we've talked a lot about how these characters, you know, Saeed and Jack and Kate and Sawyer, all turn him into who he is. But they wouldn't even be there if it weren't for him. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, BCK Lockhart writes, the woman that found Aaron in the grocery store looked suspiciously, suspiciously familiar. First from behind, I think everyone thought of Claire. But if you put a fake wig on Jill from the butcher shop, I think she will look just like this woman. Plus, she didn't look like she was t- taking him to the clerk to make an announcement. She appeared to be walking straight towards the door. Another attempt by Ben to take Aaron from Kate? In this episode, it appeared that clear that or it appeared clear that Kate, Jack, Juliet, and Sawyer are responsible for making Ben what he is today. If Jack would have operated on him, maybe he would have survived and not ever become an other. But because he didn't, Juliet suggested taking him to Richard and Kate and Sawyer take him there, where he is lost, where he's lost his innocence and became one of them. This episode also included uh, one of the most touching scenes in the series. Bye Bye Baby by Kate. As sweet and touching as this was, I still don't get why this was the big mystery of why Jack can never ask about Aaron. I was a little let down by this, and I don't believe for a second that Kate's mission on the island is to find Claire. Since she has been back on the island, she hasn't made any attempt to inquire or inquiries about Claire. What's she up to? Uh, Let's go ahead and respond to that. I mean, what do you make about the whole Kate being there to find Claire? I think probably had she got on the island and it looked just like it did whenever she left, then mm-hmm. she probably would go look for Claire. But she's in 1974. She has no right. reason to believe that Claire exists there. Good point. Yeah, I agree. He says, uh, this episode... Oh, wait, uh, next section here. 
He said, Richard takes Ben into the old building area, and I really wanted to see the scene continue. What is this place? And uh, he says, welcome back to the land of the living. The look on Ben's face when he sees a living, breathing John Locke. And I like that as well. Um, You know, what's going to happen next with Locke sitting right there next to Ben's bed when he wakes up? Yeah, that was a really cool scene. I mean, so far... Well, in the last two or three episodes, haven't seen much of Locke, and like it's killing me because I love Locke, and and he seems so different. I mean, even like super, like you said before, super Locke. Yeah. You know, um, and I'm I'm so excited to see his his character progress through this and get right. these, you know, somehow reconnect with the others or reconnect with this past group. You know, it's like. I want to see that happen. I know it's probably to come, but I'm excited about that. Yeah. What do you make, what do you think is going to happen next between he and Ben? Now that, you know, Ben who killed him is back with him and they're face to face. I think Locke has an understanding of what happened. Uh You know, I I don't think it's like, I don't think Locke is going to look at Ben and say, even if he knows, just like he knew Ben shot him and put him in the hole. You know, I think, I think he knows now that, even if Ben wants to kill him, he knows why Ben wants to kill him. It's because mm-hmm. Locke is special. Locke is supposed to be on this island, and he is supposed right. to lead these people. And and really, Ben now, to me, is beneath Locke. Yeah, and it's almost like Locke has much bigger things going on yeah. than getting revenge on Ben for killing him. Most definitely. And the revenge itself was Locke waking up and being alive on oh, the yeah. island. Right. Yeah, you no know. Doubt. Well, one last comment here from Sergeant Drano. He says, hey, Evan and Anton, in Namaste, the two of you both profess the belief that our losties were changing the past in 1977 in little ways that originally things had happened differently there. I wanted to illustrate why this isn't the case. And the title of the episode, Whatever Happened, Happened, seems perfect for it. He says, Ethan was the first other we ever became aware of back in season one. As we found out in Namaste, Ethan is the son of Horace Goodspeed and Amy. Sawyer and Juliet were instrumental in saving Amy's life when she was attacked by others, and Juliet was instrumental in delivering Ethan safely when he turned out to be uh, to be a breach in the birth, and uh, no experienced doctor was available. Therefore, it seems that Sawyer, Juliet, and the rest have all, always appeared in the past like this and done the things they have done, in order for Ethan to be born and fulfill the role that he has. Our losties are not changing history, they are part of history. If Sawyer and Juliet had not always shown up in the past as they did, Ethan would never have been around to creep us out in season one. He said, also, the reason you didn't see Locke and Namaste is because those events took place before Locke appeared on the beach. You guys might recall in the life and death of Jeremy Bentham that Locke found out that the pilot, Frank, and a woman took a boat and left. So Frank and Son's adventures in Namaste happened before the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. He says, as far as this specific episode goes, it mostly stands out in my mind um, for being the episode that spawned the creation of t-shirts from the Lost Initiative podcast that proclaim, Richard Alpert stole my innocence. (laughs) I haven't actually seen nice. those shirts, but that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to get one of those. For sure. Well, everyone, thanks so much for your comments. As always, you can post your thoughts, theories, questions, whatever, over on our forums at lostmysterypodcast.com slash forums. 
And um, you can also call our listener line here if I can get the number up. It's uh, 765-439-4190. And of course, you can still email your thoughts if you want, but we definitely prefer you get involved in the community over at the forums. Well, anything else before we close this out? The only thing else I got is where is Dan? Yeah, no doubt. That That is very confusing to me. It's yeah. like he was here the first episode or two. He saw Charlotte as a child. That's the last we've seen of him. Yep. So, And that was just after they arrived in 1977. Right. Yep. So it's like they get there. They get there one night. Um, Horace allows them to stay for two weeks to look for their friends. And that's the last we see of Dan. Yep, I, I don't know what's... And they they made one reference to him that he was here. Yeah. But yeah, that's, didn't somebody that's say not anymore? I think Miles... Yeah, said not something. anymore yeah, or not something anymore. like that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happened with that. On Wednesday, we're going to be discussing Dead is Dead. And I cannot remember for the life of me what, what happens in this episode. So I'm excited to watch it again and take some notes and talk about it again. All right. Well, everyone, thanks so much for listening. We hope you all have a great day, and until then, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening to the Lost Mystery Podcast with Anton and Evan. New episodes are released every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, if you haven't already, you can sign up and become part of our community at lostmysterypodcast.com. Email us your questions or comments to info at lostmysterypodcast.com, and please call our listener line at 765 435-439-4190 with your name, where you're calling from, and also let us know whether or not you'd like your comments to be used on an upcoming episode.